0: Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Bay Hollands, from busybusinesswomen.biz.
1: Hi, Faye Hollands here from BusyBusinessWomen.biz and welcome to episode 12 of the Busy Business Women podcast. Now, you know I'm always excited to do this podcast, right? I still haven't got over the novelty of running a podcast. We are on episode 12 and it's still exciting to me because I love to talk. But what is more exciting is the fact that as part of my goals for 2018, I want a lot more experts as guests onto the podcast. And so today I'm super excited because we have Michaela Paul from social stylings as my special guest on today's podcast. Now, Michaela and I have known each other only a few months. It feels long. We've got to know each other really well. And I asked Michaela to run an expert webinar for my Shine members uh, late last year and was so impressed with everything that she shared with my clients. But I said to her, "You know, Michaela, you've got to come on the podcast." And I'm very grateful that she readily accepted. So I'm super excited to have her here today. So without further ado, let's get stuck into the formal introduction, and then I can tell you why I've got Michaela on today's podcast. So if you go and check Michaela out, here's what you'll find out about her. She is first and foremost social media and content marketing specialist based in sunny Brisbane, here in beautiful Australia. But most impressively, she's Australia's leading Instagram marketing expert with her business social stylings, recently being named one of the top 50 Instagram marketing blogs in the world. Boom. How awesome is that, right? <laughs> with a background in the fashion and beauty industries, Michaela's applied her awesome knowledge of both fashion and digital marketing to create a really comprehensive library of eBooks and e-courses to assist startups in creating really compelling and profitable Instagram presence. And she's on a mission to educate and empower female business owners to uh, stay competitive and stop settling for mediocre marketing results, which is music to my ears, right? I want to help you build a business that booms. And someone like Michaela is the perfect expert to bring on to the Busy Business Women podcast. But let me tell you exactly why I wanted her to be on the podcast today. She ran, as I said, a masterclass on my Shine members, which was all about Instagram marketing secrets of busy business women. And my clients loved her. Everybody, including myself, got immense value from the training. So it was to me a no-brainer that I wanted to share her on every platform I could possibly get her to come on to. Um, this lady absolutely knows how to leverage social media without being spammy, and she does it so well. Uh, I talk a lot in my Facebook group about making sure that you can leverage um, social media without just spruiking your wares all of the time, and Michaela is really good at doing that. She's great at driving connection and getting great great engagement across social media, so she's somebody that you can all definitely learn from. She's also in a rapidly changing industry. So what I wanted to touch on today is, you know, how does she stay on the ball and keep up with an industry that's changing all the time? And on top of that, 2017 was in many ways a challenging year for her. She had some tough challenges that she had to deal with. So we're going to touch on those today as well. So without further ado, I would love to welcome Michaela Paul to the podcast today. Hey, Michaela, how are you doing?
0: Hey, I am doing amazing. What an introduction. I can't believe I did half of it. It's amazing. I know.
1: I know. (laughs) I'm not even going to share how old you are, but I can't believe that you're (laughs) the age that you are. Let's just say I'm older than Michaela, okay? Um, Do you know what I love about you? I've just got to say this. I sound like I'm a bit gushing, but every time I speak to you, I get this big grin on my face and there's this high energy, like even the way that you just said hi there. Is, you know, if anybody listening has spoken to Michaela, I'm sure your head will be nodding right now, or you've watched her Facebook lives. You have a great energy about you, which probably, you know, connects in with what I was saying about um driving connection getting engagement you're also very good at keeping it real and raw despite Mm. working in an area that it can be smoke and mirrors and and shiny things right so i just want to say thank you to you for that because it's always a pleasure talking to you and i think i could just sit on skype and chat to you for hours so we just had to (laughs) cull our conversation but i'm stoked that you've agreed to be on the podcast so thank you for that Is there anything that you want to add to that introduction if it wasn't enough already? But is there anything key that you think I've missed out?
0: Um, I don't really think you've missed out anything. I mean, there's so many things that have happened. I guess the only thing I would share is that I started my business in January 2016 officially, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a moment where I had to really make the business work because when I started, I really just had so much to do and so much on the line I had two jobs so in total I had three jobs and (laughs) it was a bit crazy and at the beginning I only had an Instagram account I didn't bother with a website I didn't bother with any other social media networks for the beginning I just wanted to try and make the Instagram work which I think is important if you're trying to even just see if your business is a viable idea before you go all in actually just testing it out on a on a one, sm- one social media network and seeing if it actually works. And within, I think it was eight months after I officially launched that I was able to quit both of my other jobs and take social stylings full-time, which was amazing.
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, that is phenomenal. And it's a segue into really my first question. So let's just cut to the chase. Oh, you, You know, yeah, thank you for that. It wasn't even staged, was it? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Now, you, you know, everyone will know that I'm super passionate about women creating careers that they love. And I love stories behind how inspiring women came to the point in their careers where they decided to be their own boss and get on that business owner train. And uh, that's what I'm super passionate about. It doesn't matter whether you're a business owner or an employee. I do believe we all should have careers that we love, and you've absolutely created that for yourself. So can you just give us a bit of a snapshot of how you've ended up where you are today? Because to hear that you were working three jobs is absolutely full on. So what led you to the point of from employee to now business owner and fully fledged full time business owner?
0: Wow. Oh my goodness. My career history is crazy. You would honestly think that I'm way older than I am for the amount of different kind of areas I have worked in. So at the very, very beginning, I started a fashion and beauty blog and i was in high school and it was my passion i was doing that instead of doing extracurricular activities instead of instead of socializing like most normal high schoolers do <laughs> in, instead i was on my computer learning how to build wordpress websites and how to do seo and why you should write a blog and it just kind of it sparked my passion for digital marketing. Like nothing I was good at school and this is the thing that I don't understand about entrepreneurship. They're always like, oh entrepreneurs are usually bad at school. I was great at school. I found school easy peasy. I was getting straight A's with like no effort. But I wasn't passionate about anything and I was like, what am I gonna do after high school? I've got no clue. But I started this blog and it kind of led me to the path of digital marketing. And from there I did a digital marketing internship. But at the same time During high school, again, I actually did a personal styling certification with all of these amazing women who were wanting to quit their corporate jobs and actually become personal stylists with this amazing woman who's called Wendy Mack. She's actually on a few TV shows. I think it's on Studio 10. She's a regular stylist on the TV show, so I love seeing her pop up on TV, but she actually taught me how to become a personal stylist, and that made me love fashion. So, at the end of high school, I was sitting there going, okay, do I become a digital marketer or do I go into the fashion industry? Which one should I do? It's because I didn't think that you could do both of them. I thought it was impossible. I was like, fashion and digital marketing are so different. How are you meant to get a job in both? So, I went down the fashion route first and I ended up working in a wholesale account office for an Australian fashion brand that is stocked in lots of boutiques across Australia and beyond and also in the department store Maya which is pretty amazing and when I was working there I met a lot of fashion boutique owners and they were lovely it was great talking to them I wasn't really much of a sales girl I have to admit I did not enjoy selling people clothes that I didn't actually think were good looking like some of the pieces I was like yeah this is great but other times I would just look at a garment and be like I can't sell this to someone this is terrible so when I was doing that job, I quickly realized that sales probably is not the best thing for me to do if I'm not passionate. But I did realize that a lot of these fashion boutiques just had no idea when it came to social media. And a lot of them were just starting out and they would come in to visit us and be wanting to stock a fashion brand. And I would feel kind of sorry for them because I was like, you don't have anyone to talk to who's, who understands the fashion industry, who understands what the cost really is between wholesale and retail and how you can't discount to ridiculous amounts. Otherwise you don't make money. Mm-hmm. Like they were just, I couldn't find any digital marketer or any digital marketing agency in Australia, let alone anywhere else that specialized in fashion. And I really was concerned for them. So I started doing my research and I came up with the idea for social stylings. And I did some more kind of education in the background while was still working in fashion And then my idea just decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to make this a reality in January 2016. I was like, okay, it's go time. We've got to get this started.
1: Awesome. I love that because you found a need. You've looked at what you're passionate about and you've not um, just held yourself back by going down the traditional path that you felt you needed to do after school or Mm. uh, you've really looked at carving out a career you love, which would you say you love what you do now? I do love what I do now, but I have to add something there.
0: I had no choice but to go down the entrepreneurial path because I'm actually a New Zealand citizen living in Australia.
1: I never knew that.
0: Yeah, so I'm not actually eligible for HECS debt, and I was raised by a single dad, so I had no choice but to get into the workforce. There was no waiting for a magical person to save me and send me to university. Yeah. It was just get into jobs, maybe save up enough money to start university in the next year. But that never ended up happening,
1: and I don't regret it at all. What a great story. I love it. I learn something new <laughs> about you every single time, and we have good chats, so I'm like, yeah, every single time we uncover something new. Okay. Well, on that note, because you know you know that this podcast is all about being real and raw, and I you know, was saying to Michaela before we started today that she's particularly in an industry where everything can feel like bells and whistles, um, but actually there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, and the word authentic's banded around so much, but it, it mm-hmm. often doesn't stand true. I really believe, and this is one of the things that I you know, heavily focus on in busy, busy business women, is that it's really important to look at the tough times that people have in business and learn from those and speak to people that are really happy to be open about what their experience in the business world has been so that we don't become clouded by those smoke and mirrors. So, Michaela, I know that you you had a particularly tough time last year with copycats, Um, Can you tell us more about that and also how you've risen above it and dealt with it very professionally, I believe?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, 2017 was my first year working full-time for myself, and I knew it would probably present a lot of challenges. It was an amazing year overall. I had lots of amazing opportunities come my way, but there were, throughout the year, quite a few different copycat instances, two of which ended up involving lawyers, which oh, that's expensive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had never known how expensive lawyers were until last year. And it, you know, when it first happened, I was like, oh, this is strange. I never ever thought that anyone would copy me, particularly someone who was such a high profile person who I'd actually looked up to when I used to be a blogger, which was crazy. And anyway, when I had that first copycat. I was like, okay, this is weird, but I I will pay a lawyer. We'll sort this out. And I I got all my ducks in a row. My business is trademarked now, which, oh, my gosh, I learned so much about trademarking, copyright, and all this good stuff. But when when I had the first copycat sorted out, I was like, okay, perfect. I've dealt with that. I'm sorted. I'm safe forever. But then within, I think, two months of having that one sorted out, I had another copycat. And I actually found them, I actually found both of them by chance because I had people tell me that they thought that I was, uh, they thought they had seen me somewhere else on Instagram, but they could never remember the name of the businesses that were copying me. So it was by chance that I actually stumbled upon both of those people in the explore tab of my Instagram female scrolling because I had either noticed their username or I had noticed that they were using a very similar font that I had used. And anyway, I, when I got the second copycat, I was actually at my parents' house in Toowoomba. And I found them and I had look at it and I, I was actually visiting them with my partner. And I turned to him and I said, oh, my God, I've got another person copying me. Is this really worth it? Mm-hmm. And I was just ready to just throw everything in the air. So I was like, why is there another person copying me? This is ridiculous. Anyway, I sent her an email and I said, hey, can – I just let you know that I have a trademark and blah, 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 blah. And she was like, no, that's ridiculous. Why would I rebrand? So I ended up having to go down the lawyer path again and got that one sorted out, which was really, really good. But then the third copycat (laughs) came. And I was like, oh, my gosh, can this just let up, please? Yeah. And I just had no idea what to do. And in between all the copycats last year, I even had a stalker. So that was a lot to handle. And by the end of 2017, I was really just thinking hard and long about whether or not business is seriously worth it, especially as an online business where it's so easy for people to copy you. And, you know, over the holidays I took a lot of time to think about it and I really just kind of thought by the end of it, I was just like, it's, I've come this far, there's no point in letting what other people are doing stop me from progressing. And I actually read a quote in a book which is Tools of the Titans or something like that. Ah, yes. And, yes, it was by Arnold Schwarzenegger. There was a quote in, by him there and it said, I didn't come to – I didn't come to play, I came to win or something like that. And I was like, that is the quote that I need right now <laughs> because I didn't just come to have a good time, I came to win.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I really love that you're open to sharing that because when I first came across you last year, I noticed some references to a stalker and, you know, I... I don't want to make light of this at all because it was actually, it sounds like it was a really shitty time for you and mm. something that was very difficult to deal with, which I'm sure, you know, we're not, we're not just talking about somebody liking your Instagram post too we're oh, talking no. truly about a stalker, right? Yeah. Um, so without us getting into the nitty gritty of that, because we don't need to, but with the copycats as well, though, I'm just interested and I'm just going to go kind of off at a tangent here, but that's a lot to deal with mentally. How have you, I love that you referenced there that you spent some time over the holidays kind of reassessing. How have you kept your headspace in the right place to be able to serve your clients and to make money when you could have just let it all crumble down around you?
0: Oh my goodness. That's a really good question. I, like I think, if I were to like go through the past with a fine tooth comb, I could probably pick out a few things that helped. Um, I guess like before I even started my business, I'd actually gone to a psychologist and been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. So I already knew a few of the tools to kind of cope with mental health and making sure that you're kind of keeping yourself on track. Yeah. But when it came to like the really tough stuff. Making sure that I was actually talking to people about it helped me a lot. Like if I were to bottle all of it up, I don't think I would have kept going. But I talked to my fellow business owners, my fellow business friends who knew me and who kind of knew about what was going on. And I spoke to my friends who were outside of business, who had no experience in entrepreneurship. I told them about it and they were really supportive. And like my family knew as well. I let them know about the stalker thing and all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of made sure to talk to people about it and to also take time out for myself. I was a lot more kinder to myself after all that happened. I made sure that if I was not feeling like working one day and I didn't have client bookings, I would just not work that day. Like, you don't have to force yourself to do stuff when you're an entrepreneur. You can really just take a day off if you need a day off. Like, if I was working for someone else and I said I need a mental health day, They would have to give me a mental health day. We need to start treating ourselves more like employees than like the business owners. I feel like if we were to actually describe ourselves as being the boss and we were the employee, most entrepreneurs would say, oh my gosh, my boss is so mean. They never let me do anything. They make me do overtime and I don't get extra money. It sucks. They're so horrible. We'd be being called up by the fair work ombudsman we'd be getting in trouble all the time
1: completely <laughs> the worst boss in the world it's yeah. interesting i was talking to kate o'milly from oh my word today from episode 11 of this podcast and one of the things she talked about during that podcast was be gentle on yourself and i love that you just effectively reinforce that that we don't have to be the tar- hard task master masters that we so often are when we're our own boss Geez, I'm absolutely the worst for it. I'm incredibly <laughs> tough on myself. And sometimes you have to stop and look and think, do I really need to do that? And Absolutely. You know, I remember back in the corporate days going through a particularly stressful time, my boss saying to me, just take a day off. It was, I'm "I'm not sick. She goes, no, you just need a day off. But I never do that in my business and I've been in my business over a decade now. So that's a really, really good tip, really important lesson to learn. And also thank you for being so honest about your anxiety, which I'm sure wasn't helped at all by what you went through last year. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I'm a big supporter of Black Dog um, and uh, mental health and looking after Mm. yourself, and I think from an entrepreneur point of view, so many people struggle because it can be lonely and tough. And uh, we need more people like you to speak out um, Mm -hmm. about the challenges that you're facing and how you overcome those. So thank you for sharing that. And I think what I've really garnered from what you said is that you were talking to lots of people. You were Mm -hmm. open. You were talking to friends who understood your situation. You were talking to people that didn't, but you had this good support network which is Mm. so, so important. And you sound like you've got a good business network and a good kind of friends and personal network. Is that true?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that stops people from talking is a lot of the times, like I'm a social media marketer. Social media, people love sharing all the good things about their life. But I like to take a little bit of a different approach. Like you'll find on my Instagram, I talk about the tough times and I talk about the stalker things and I talk about that. And that is actually why I think, When I recently shared on my Facebook page as well that I was recently featured in a magazine and I talked about all the bad things that could have stopped me from being in this magazine and actually putting myself in it, it got over 70 likes on Facebook when my average is 10. So I think people really, they are open to seeing you talk about your struggles and like people are so scared to just share on social media that they had a bad day yeah which is crazy you should tell people that care about you that you've had a bad day they want to see you happy so they'll try and help you to be happy if they're your genuine
1: friend I don't know why
0: people are so scared to admit that life is not perfect
1: all the time I was walking my dog today listening to the Amy Porterfield podcast which I think you know I love and I always (laughs) rave about I'll link to it in the show notes but one of the things that she talked about, I can't remember which episode it is. It's This is coming out on the 10th of January and it was the, her most recent episode at that point. And she's talking about her theme for the year and three Vs. And one of the Vs um, for her this year is vulnerability. And she's talking in there about she ran a podcast talking about her weight once and that was the reason why she doesn't do more videos. And mm-hmm. that's a challenge for her. She wants to get out there and do more videos. But one of the things she's talking about is being more vulnerable and the issue can be for so many business owners is that, you know, we want to look professional. We want to look like we've got it all together. So we don't want to turn our clients off of thinking that we're now a basket case, but also we do want to be more authentic and we do want to be more raw and real. So it's finding Mm -hmm. that balance, right? We still want to be professional, but you, I think, I do the same is that when you can share some of that vulnerability and some of that stuff that isn't going quite so well, people can connect with you better because you're not this person on a pedestal. You're a real human being that they can can talk to, engage with and don't feel kind of out of arms reach. And at, at least that's my perception of it. What do you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean like I took two months off of consulting after the heat of the stalker situation really started happening Mm. and I took that time off and I let people know that I was taking time off because I had a stalker and because I couldn't handle taking phone calls and I couldn't handle doing Skype because every time the phone rang I was scared it was him and I feel like I could not have taken that time off without telling people that something was up because they would have been like why are you going away for two months? Why can I not work with you? Oh, my gosh, I'm so annoyed. Why can I not work with you? I think when you can actually be vulnerable, and you don't have to be like completely and tell them all of the dark details of why you're not coming to do consulting or why you're not doing that event. You just have to give them just one word or two words, stalker. People go, oh. That doesn't sound fun. I'm not going to push you
1: to consult with me this month. I think, yeah, like, that word just sums it up, doesn't it? Nobody needs anything yeah. more. Like, yep, that's fine.
0: Exactly. Like, the same would be, if, like, there was a death in your family. Like, your parents died or someone died. You just say, death in the family. People, they're not going to ask questions. They don't need to know the details, but they will give you space. And I think just letting your community know that they need to give you space in a simple way like that, it makes them respect you more. and makes you more vulnerable makes them trust you more because they know that you're not just taking two months off to go on holiday and spend all your money. Yeah. And also, <laughs> like, it just opens up a conversation as well, which, you know, who knows if you were to comment saying, oh, I'm away for two months because death and family, someone may comment, oh, I had someone die in my family recently, take time out, blah, 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 this is what helped me, blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah. Completely. I love the openness. And I, for one, I'm sure with all of our listeners and everyone that knows you in the Busy Business Women community, are really pleased that you took time over Christmas to think about it and you're back and gunning for 2018. So that is amusing <laughs> to my ears. Thank you and welcome to this year. Um, okay, so a bit of a change of tact for a moment. Now, as I mentioned in the introduction, you're in an industry that is constantly changing. You know, many of us are, but particularly with social media, platforms change all of the time. Um, algorithms all the rest of it all the other buzzwords they're changing all the time and literally the platform that you leverage or have leveraged heavily to build your business Instagram is ever evolving Mm. what strategies do you have in place to keep on top of that and remain competitive so that your target market sees you as that go-to person that expert that's not kind of lagging behind in the times
0: Mm-hmm. That is such a good question because honestly, I think Instagram is the platform that changes the most. Obviously, it's owned by Facebook, and a lot of people complain. They're like, oh, Facebook changed everything. Yeah. But they bought Instagram two years after it launched. It's not like the sale happened two years ago. It happened, well, it's been around since 2010, I believe. I'm not sure. Anyway, so when it comes to Instagram, as a platform, and just making sure that I stay up with everything that's happening, the first tip that I would have for anyone in any industry, doesn't matter whether you're on social media or something else, is to set up Google Alerts to your email. Oh, Sounds crazy, Google. but honestly, it's really helpful because the minute that something goes viral, the minute that a blog post about the latest feature on Instagram goes out and goes viral by a really reputable source, then you get that delivered straight to your inbox and you know you're, you are ahead of the game. Yeah. I also follow – well, actually, no, that's a really good point. I'll talk to you more about that later. But with Instagram in particular, I check my Instagram account every day. Even if I'm not going to post, I will check it every day. I'll make sure that no features have been changed. I'll just have a little look around and I'll make sure to keep the app updated. Otherwise, of course, you're not going to get the updates. Yep. Yeah. And the next thing that I do is I also have a Facebook group called Instagram unfiltered and there's heaps of business owners in there that use Instagram. And if they notice anything changing on their account, they will post about it in the group, share a screenshot. If I don't have that updated, it's like a one that they're testing out. A lot of people will get it. Some of them won't. And if someone posts about it, then I know about it. And it's just a really great way to keep tabs on things. So I would recommend actually starting a Facebook group for your community just so that you can stay on top of your industry or even join an industry group on Facebook
1: yeah that's a really good tip firstly love google alerts absolutely like i have them pinging up all the time they're awesome but i love what you just said about facebook groups as well and i think um this goes back to what i was talking about in regards to the way that you connect and engage with people because your facebook group is excellent and you see a lot of interaction in that group so you're going to get people sharing stuff um instead of just waiting for your updates all the time which is great so just remind us what's your facebook group called again Yeah, my Facebook group is called Instagram Unfiltered. And we will link to that in the show notes. So go and join that page and check out what Michaela's doing there. Okay, now, it goes without saying, I definitely, and I'm sure all of our listeners do too, see you as a very creative person. And I've noticed that you are regularly coming up with new offerings, new services for clients, which I think is so important. But the reality for many business owners is that they get bogged down in the day-to-day running of their business and they're just being in the business too much instead of taking time to take time out and work on it and really Mm. remain agile in their business. That's something that I perceive that you do very well. What do you do to manage your time so that you work both in and on your business and can have that creative flow regularly?
0: Mm, that's a really great question. So, I would say that in the first year and a half of my business, I was terrible at it. I <laughs> was spending so much time doing client work. I had no time to work on business development, no time to work on blog posts, no time to work on guest blogging, any of that stuff. And the minute that I started raising my prices, for one, for one-on-one consulting, meant I didn't have to take on as many clients per week to make enough money to live. And, also, just making sure that I started some sort of passive income stream helped me a lot. Like in 2017, I launched my first ever ebook in the first quarter of the year. And from there I became obsessed with ebooks, and now my passive income stream is enough to allow me the space and the time in a week to not have to be chasing after clients and to instead just focus on business development, the occasional client, but Clients really, they aren't my number one source of income anymore. And I think it's a very powerful stage to get to in business where you're not trading time for money anymore. Yeah. Because that just opens up your world. And even before that, when I had three jobs, essentially, when I had social stylings, when I was a visual merchandiser for a fashion brand, when I was a social media marketer for a business brokerage, I had to manage my time really well, and from there I learned that the best way for me to work is to actually batch things, batch tasks together. So, for example, I will take three, out of, three hours out of a month, so usually like the last week of the month, and I will write all of my blog content for that month ahead, and I will schedule it so that I don't have to sit there every single week and write up a blog with one hour to go until my deadline for everyone to read my blog. Yeah. And batching just, it just relieves so much stress and gives you the creative freedom to get in the flow rather than having to stop and start, stop and start tasks.
1: Batching is just heavenly, right? When you nail it. Because Mm -hmm. you wouldn't, uh, the analogy that I use is if you're going to, if somebody asks you to bake, a dozen cupcakes, you're not gonna bake each one separately, put everything away and start again for each one. And yet, mm. so many business owners, and you know, I've definitely fallen foul of this as well. So many business owners do that in their business with tasks that they regularly routinely do, so they're just wasting time all of the time stopping and starting, stopping and starting. And email is the biggest sucker, but there are so many other things strategically that you can batch, and you certainly sound like you're nailing that, which is great. Now, from a time point of view, I wanted to talk about one of the things that blew me away on the Shine Masterclass that you ran. So this was uh, a couple of months ago, or it, was, it was December, November, December, a Shine Masterclass where you're our expert speaker and you mentioned that you spend only one hour a day on Instagram, which we were all floored by, right? I've heard it before, the Masterclass, and it still floored me on the Masterclass, And, you know, you know that I'm obsessed with productivity and time management. So it was music to my ears to hear it, but I was still really surprised by that, given that the majority of your business was based on Instagram at that time and you're now, you know, adding extra services to your business, but Instagram was your go-to space. So, Mm. you know, so many people waste a ridiculous amount of time on social media and kid themselves that they're being productive, right? Mm. So how... Regimented are you with that routine, and what do you think are the benefits to you of being so strict with your time, particularly when it would be really easy for you to justify spending more time on Instagram given the nature of your business?
0: Mm, that's a really good question. And I mean, the way that I look at it is my business, like Instagram is a tool for my business, but it isn't my business. My business is writing ebooks, my business is creating courses, my business is doing my own marketing and writing blog posts and guest blogging and reaching out to corporate clients for workshops and things like that. Instagram is a part of my business, but it is not my business entirely. So I couldn't possibly justify being on Instagram all day because it wouldn't add anything to my business. Being on Instagram doesn't make you money. Liking, commenting does not make you money. Using Instagram as a funnel makes you money, but... That's about it. And the way that I'm so regimented, I guess what happens for me is I like to kind of dedicate different days of the week to different parts of my business. So on Mondays and Fridays, they are all for business development. And some days on Fridays, I don't even work. I just take the day off because there's not enough for me to do, which is great. I love that. Friday is usually my errand running day as well. So post office, groceries, all that stuff. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, those are the days that I allow for client bookings to happen and they are also the days that in between clients, because I only allow, I believe my Acuity is set up for two clients per day, yeah. I only allow that so that I still have all this extra time to dedicate to different areas of my business. So, for example, Tuesday would be for writing content, Wednesday is for video content, and Thursday is for marketing. So, I am obsessed with batching. Some people call me the batching boss or whatever. <laughs> and, like, it's, I, it's the way that I know I can be best productive. And, you know, batching may not work for everyone, but I think once you know what works for you, you have to commit to it. And in order to avoid the social media addiction, I set up this application on my MacBook, which is called, oh, my gosh, it's not called timeout, it's called self-control. It's called self-control.
1: self-control. Oh, I like the sound of that.
0: And it's completely free, which is great. But you can use it to blacklist websites, for example, Facebook.com, which we (laughs) all tend to type in automatically as soon as we open our computers. Have you found that? Do you just automatically start typing in
1: Facebook? Don't know what you're talking about, Michaela. I would never do that.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, that's like my the bane of my existence. Yes. I just immediately start typing in Facebook yeah, every yeah. time. Regardless of what my plan is to do, I will go to Facebook first. Well, the so,
1: same for me, opening my phone. I'll open my phone and immediately go into Facebook. I'm like, God, geez, it's like I'm just programmed. My thumb has to go that way. So, yeah, yes. That's
0: because Facebook is, like, it's addictive. being built to become yes. addictive. Yes. That is the, the point of social media. media. So, if your business include social media if you are marketing a business on social media you need to refrain and you need to train yourself to not be addicted to it so I use that application on my computer and I'll block out time so for example if I need to do videos or I need to do writing I will just turn off social media or if I'm just doing writing and all I need is Word. I will just turn off Wi-Fi and go outside somewhere so that I literally can't connect to internet at all, so I can't distract myself.
1: Yeah. And I just, a testament to that, because I have noticed how you are very regimented with that because, you know, we often communicate with Facebook Messenger and mm -hmm. I communicate a lot with my clients now on Facebook Messenger, which means generally Facebook is open and permanently, but Mm -hmm. you are very good at restricting when you reply. And I yeah. don't see that as a, oh, I wish Michaela would come back to me quicker. It's just that's really good self-control, which is yeah. the name of the app, which is it's working beautifully for you. Yeah, that
0: and also so like funny. I get messages all the time on Facebook and Instagram saying, Michaela, can you look at this Michaela yeah. question? I'm like, no, you can email me and you'll get a quicker response. And it's that you that behavior that you need to kind of train into your audience because if you're always responding Quickly, people will get used to it, and they'll get annoyed when you're not. So, if you just take ages to respond, and you've got your email there, they will start emailing you instead if it's seriously urgent.
1: Completely, I run some corporate time management and productivity courses, and we talk about in those, um, you know, the learned behaviour and culture, particularly in big organisations, of where people will put the red exclamation mark on an email and expect people to respond instantly or expect <laughs> that because they've been sent an email, slightly left to center because we're talking about social media, but from a corporate point of view are expecting immediate responses to email. So so employees oh, yeah. are chained change the desk expecting that their whole job revolves around email, which just like you and Instagram, it doesn't. And no. But it does come from managing expectations and setting those boundaries and then re-educating your clients in this Context that you're not going to be instantly responding to them, and you actually have a business and a life aside from Facebook Messenger or Instagram. So, thank you for reinforcing that because it's a really important point, and it's a habit that and a trap that many of us fall into. And I know we've all been there, so we can just mess mm. up right now, right? <laughs> So tell me, if you were to start over again, and you know, you're still, this is year two, right, in your business. Um, Oh, it's actually the beginning of year three. three, Yeah, start of year three, but it's still relatively early days, Mm. but if you were to start again, and you've got a very wise head on a young body, and that's why I love talking to you, you've got a great level of professionalism about you, it's great insight, if you were to start over again with a clear slate, what would you do differently in your business?
0: Oh, there are a few things that I would do differently. Um, the first one would be to hire a professional branding designer and to listen to them <laughs> and to only brand myself once. Because if you are constantly changing your brand colors or your brand voice, you will just confuse people so much. I think in the first six months of my business, I changed my branding three times. And you know what? You can't find those two examples of branding that did not make the cut because I got rid of all the content, which is such a waste because the content was great, but it just doesn't match my business now and I didn't want people to see it. So the first thing I would do would be to make sure that I'm really happy with the branding and hire a professional. Don't go and buy a $5 logo or use one of those logo generator sites. They are tacky. They do not work. Go and invest in someone you've never seen a brand like Google or Bardot or Maya go to a $5 designer to get their first logo done. That's not how big brands are built. They aren't built on $5 logos. They're built on actual, really high-quality branding advice, so I would do that first. The second thing I would do is make sure that I was very clear on my niche from the beginning. At the beginning, I was offering social media advice for a small business, which – Small business, that could include anything. It could include a small law firm. It could include a small toilet plumbing company. I don't want to work with those people. They don't, they're not my target market. I should have from the beginning said fashion and beauty marketing, which is what I do now. It's what I'm known for. But it took me much longer to be known for that because I had this previous brain, this previous very broad target market at the beginning. Now, the third thing that I would do if I was to start all over again would be, again, to invest, but I would be investing into photos of myself, like professional photos, because I didn't get my first branding shoot done until about the six-month mark again. Actually, no, it might have even been the eight-month mark, yeah, after I quit my day jobs, and, you know, that was about 500 to $600, but that photography I used for about a year and a half. It was professional. It communicated who I was targeting perfectly, and it just gave me that professional presence that helped me to get so many amazing opportunities. It made my website look ten million times better, and you know you just can't get away with a selfie as your profile picture forever. <laughs> not in business. <laughs> not if you want to be taken seriously. Even a really good profile picture, like selfie, like you still need a professional
1: camera. Completely agree. And the photography for your site and all of your branding is brilliant. Um, I love, and I, I, my listeners have heard me rant on about this so much, niche, niche, niche. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, I'm just going to stop myself now because I'm just like a stuck record. But it's amazing how when I ask this question, to whether it's on a podcast, Facebook Live, a client, well, it doesn't matter. The one thing, the biggest mistake that most people have made in business is that they didn't nail their niche earlier. And if mm. they was to start again, that's what they would do differently. And I'm exactly the same. So it makes me smile that you and I have both been in the same boat, and we know exactly how costly that can be, and what a difference it is when you get clear on it. So, and that the branding voice and um, you know getting clear on the brand and the coloring and the voice and how you want that to be perceived is so critical. But mm. so many people, particularly in startup, jump in and they kind of think, oh, I've got to get a quick logo done, got to you know, register my company, get my ABN, set up a website. And they're just thinking about what the product or service is that they're going to sell and not all of that marketing collateral around it, which actually speaks volumes before anyone sees the product or service. So in, mm. people need to, in startup they need to slow down and get those fundamentals right. But for so many business owners, they don't realise how fundamental they are until... They're in already in their startup growth stage and they're stumbling. So mm-hmm. we've you know we've both been there and thank you for sharing those because I know I rant on about it. it's a little bit like hearing it from your mum or dad though you need someone else to tell you
0: exactly. <laughs> it's, it's and I mean, I even would say that marketing is almost more important than the product or service because
1: Completely. you
0: can have an amazing product, but the product description, which is marketing, is. Yeah boring and not interesting and doesn't talk about the benefits and it's just like this is an everyday product blah 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 no one's going to buy it so you need to invest more time into your marketing than into what your service is going to entail just focus on that marketing side and invest money into that because that's going to help you to grow your business because you can have a great product but if no one buys it because the marketing is terrible then no one's going to know.
1: Exactly. Could not agree more. I think you've probably heard me talk about this before in the Shine group, but you know the coaches that I started out with, say about 13 years ago, many of them don't exist as coaches anymore, mm-hmm. despite having really great coaching talents because they simply couldn't market their business. And so... If you're not a marketer, get help, get advice, get coaching. Um, mm-hmm. because most people that set up businesses aren't marketers, they're an expert in whatever it is that they do really well. And you need to make sure that as a small business owner, you know, you've got to wear many hats. And if yeah. you can't wear one of can't wear a sales and marketing hat well, you need to go and find someone who help can help you do that because it's just too costly otherwise. And you know, that's why I need three was it three percent of uh 5% of business make it to three years. Or I might have that the wrong way around. 3% yes. of businesses make it to five years. You know, the number is ridiculously low. And I am on a mission to increase that. So some really, really helpful points there, because I think if we can, for those of us that are in business that can take a step back and think, if we were to start again, what would we do differently? Those are the pain points that we want to stop other people going through. So yeah. for Michaela there, it was, you know, get clear on your uh, brand voice and hire an expert to do that nail your niche and invest in professional photos of yourself because you will mm. not be wasting money on any of those things okay well as we head towards wrapping up there's a couple of questions that i want to ask because i'm nosy and i really want to know about you i want to know first <laughs> of all is there a, have you got a favorite kind of mantra or quote or saying that you love it keeps you motivated it inspires you and it's been something that you've used throughout your business
0: Hmm, that's a really good question. There isn't necessarily one that has been motivating me throughout my business. I mean, it changes all the time, but there is one that is on my vision board at the moment for 2018 that I think is so perfect for me. And I actually found it in 2017 when I was having a really tough year and I had to keep it. And it says, 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. And that just made me go... Okay, if I give up now, in 20 years' time, I will probably be disappointed that I gave up, so I'm just not going to give up yet. And I was also watching a YouTube video after I read that quote from Seth Godin and an interview he did with Marie Follio. and he was saying that if you're going to quit, don't quit when it's tough. Quit when it's good, because if you quit when it's tough, then there's just no point in even starting.
1: Oh, I love it. I really love it. And some really awesome names that you've mentioned there as well. I think that that's... really critical that so many people stop when the going gets tough but normally Mm. when the going gets tough you're about to learn something you're about to overcome a hurdle it's when it's challenging you and you're going to get the most out of the experience and I know that sounds like a kind of life life coaching thing to say but it's absolutely (laughs) true it Um, is Jesus I didn't get to nearly 11 years in business without going through some tough roadblocks myself and there have been many times where I've thought far out this it'd be way easier to go back to being employed but when Mm -hmm. you get over that block that's when the good things start to happen so that was an awesome one to share and I'm really glad you hung on to that from your tough year because I think it's going to serve you really really well this year all right so one very last question Michaela I want to know if there's a quirky or odd thing about you that you do in your business that no one really knows about but they are about to know about
0: Oh, that you I do, do in my, my business. business. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I don't know if there's anything I do that's quirky in my business. Um, I don't wear makeup when I film video courses.
1: Uh-huh. That's not that's <laughs> When no one can see me, management. I'm like, I'm going to
0: put on makeup. <laughs> I'll, I'll film this in my pajamas. No one needs to know. Um, I guess the I this isn't quirky about my business, but I grew up and I was absolutely terrified of butterflies.
1: Oh, really? <laughs>
0: And I've only gotten over my fear of butterflies in the last six months.
1: Well, thank God there's no butterflies in my logo or anywhere on my business because we may not be having this conversation if there was. Yeah, there's
0: no butterflies in my branding anywhere. I'm not a fan, although I'm, I'm used to them now. Like, I can walk past a butterfly and not scream anymore, which That's is good great.
1: That's good to know. Good to know. Yeah. That would be very useful for me working with you moving forward. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, I feel high, full of energy, big smile on my face. Love talking to you. And um, I said to Michaela at the start of today's podcast, you know, this is all about being real and raw and um, letting people have a good insight into what life is really like. And I genuinely feel like you've done that today. So thank you for digging deep and sharing all of the dirty stuff as well as, you know, the the stuff that's got you to where you are today and the fact that you're continuing with this year and are doing so well um, because you truly are. So I'm thrilled that you're on this podcast and really appreciate your time. So for those of you listening, all of the details of any of the links that Michaela's mentioned are going to be in the show notes, which you can find by going to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 12. Uh, But if all of that just wasn't good enough already, of course it is. Uh, Michaela's also got a really fabulous freebie for you today. It's an Instagram growth cheat sheet. And if you're keen to grow your Insta following, make sure that you head over to the show notes and follow the link to download your copy today. So just go to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 12. And if you are ready for some social stylings goodness right now, all you need to do is go to social stylings, dot com.au and Michaela is also on Facebook and Instagram of course. Facebook she is social stylings and Instagram is social.stylings. Now I also just want to add and I haven't told you this Michaela, I've been meaning to say this to you for ages. After Michaela ran the Shine Masterclass, which I'll also link to in the show notes if you're interested in joining Shine and checking out her masterclass, it was awesome. Really was like an hour and a half of amazing content to really fuel your Instagram uh, presence. I then after that, when downloaded, bought and downloaded one of Michaela's um, uh, eBooks, hashtag eBooks, And I didn't get a chance to use it. It was just kind of sitting on my desk thinking, I'm going to come to that, I'm going to come to that. Well, when I went away over Christmas and I had an 11-hour drive to Melbourne, I had it on my lap while my husband was driving. And I went and highlighted all the hashtags. I started doing all the things that I thought I should do on Instagram that Michaela had said I should do. I started putting it into practice. And let me just tell you, in, I think, 10 minutes of posting – I had more interaction, engagement, and followers on one post than I think I've had in probably two years of being on Instagram. And that was all because of your hashtag ebook. Aww. Completely. So I've been meaning to say that to you for ages. I wanted to say to you in person, like literally not blowing smoke up Michaela's backside here. I just want all <laughs> of our listeners to know she sells these amazing hashtag ebooks that are cheap as chips. And I've already advised her to. Like more than double, probably quadruple the price of them. Um, if you want to get a better following on Instagram, just get onto socialstylings.com.au, go buy the hashtag cheat sheets or the ebooks for your area of business because it is the best five bucks I have spent ever probably so thank you so much because that has um, really made a big difference in my instagram and uh, you massively inspired me from the masterclass. and you you know that all of the shiners absolutely loved what you did there so thank you my friend it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the call today is before i let you go is there anything that you want to add that we haven't covered uh i just want to give you one final voice before we say adios
0: Oh, oh! There's so many things I want to say. First thing, the hashtag ebooks are now 9.95 instead of 4.95. Well, um, frankly, they should still be more. Blame <laughs> <laughs> You can blame pay.
1: um <laughs> Biggest, like honestly, the biggest bargain out there. Seriously, like if you were paying 25 bucks, then they would still be worth it, right? Yeah, yeah. Get yes. the they're
0: getting updated. They're getting Excellent. updated in the next few weeks. I'm changing the covers. I'm adding new hashtags in there. So if you're going to get them once, you're going to keep getting benefits from them so do recommend those um, but when it comes to recommendations for business instagram life i would just recommend one thing that has really helped me in business is just hitting the go button and i never kind of understood why i'm so productive but i realise it's because i just if i come up with an idea that i think is really good i just start running with it i schedule a date in my diary that I want to have created this product or have worked with this client or whatever. And I will do everything in my power to get it done by that day. I don't question it. I don't go, oh, I'm not good enough to make this. You can't let that voice take over because that voice just needs to stay in the back seat. You need to keep driving. And yeah, so just hit the go button on any ideas that you have, put it in your
1: diary, make time for it and get it done hit the go button you couldn't have picked something better to finish this podcast on i absolutely love it very wise words of wisdom and um, you live and breathe that. I've seen that happen in your business over the last few months. I've had the pleasure of getting to know you. You are a fast mover and you're super productive and it's been a, a real pleasure to have you on here today. So thank you for sharing all of your expertise. I'm sure my listeners are going to love everything that you've packed into today's podcast. If you, dear listeners, have enjoyed this episode, I would love you to please leave a review on iTunes and let Michaela and I know how much you loved this. And if you'd like to ha- if you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Busy Business Women and you can find lots more biz goodness over on my website at busybusinesswomen.biz. But until the next time, thank you so much for tuning in today. I absolutely love hanging out with you. appreciate the time you take to listen to these podcasts. So thank you so much. I will be back next week with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, from Michaela and I, I am Faye Hollands, and you've been listening to the Busy Business Women podcast.